whether or not you've got eggs. Greetings, Zerplings, and welcome back to the second last sci-fi month pick attack of the killer tomatoes this was matt's pick last week matt how are you doing i'm as always i'm doing well lucas how are you <laughs> you know tired but uh other than that pretty good nice nice what drew you to this film matthew um okay well what drew me to this film is i heard luke talk about it a couple of times way back now he didn't speak that highly of it but I figured, you know, it's got a cool poster. It's got a funny title. What's the worst that could happen here? So I picked it. And it kind of fits the theme while also, like, you know, kind of breaking the rules a little bit, I guess. It doesn't, it doesn't. Now, I made a mistake. Okay? (laughs) I made a mistake this week, and I'll own up to it. God knows you've made your fair share. The wheel, the big well, one. a few. The wheel is... Well... well okay, anyway. Uh, this movie's not that good. No. <sighs> okay, this is the deal with the film. <laughs> now, if we, you want to go over the plot, the plot in this is so thin. Uh, there... <laughs> yeah, if you want to go through the... Four plot points, sure. <laughs> basically, the government... Okay, basically, there's killer tomatoes on the loose. And the government, of course, assigns a team to find out what's going on. Stop the threat. And it's led by this yeah. guy named Mason Dixon. He's kind of like a protagonist in this, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. And he's got a couple of goofy guys on his team, you know. They dress in funny costu- costumes, you know. They they do silly things and make silly faces. Uh, and then a bunch of stuff happens. There's also this other guy named Richardson. Uh, he's the press secretary. And he has his own mini subplot. And then you find out... Well, I guess I won't spoil the rest of it. We can talk about the ending later, because I think that's actually one of the highlights of the movie. But Lucas, what did you think of this film? Well... You know, I told you a week ago, I think, or sometime around then, like, you know, I remember not being too fond of this movie. Mm-hmm. I remember thinking it was kind of lacking substance and it was just, it was just uh, an hour and a half long shit post. <laughs> and, you know, I, I still feel the same way. This movie, yeah, like, I think it was exactly at 38 minutes, something just snapped in my brain, and I was like, okay, wait, okay, what is even happening? Well, we've just done jokes, There's nothing's happened, and I start to get extremely bored, and you know, I would, I kept watching the movie, and every time there was a joke, I would exhale out of my nose or laugh um but that was it it just kind of made me laugh every once and again and 
Like, it, it seems like a movie that would be popular among the idiocracy crowd. Mm. You know, where would they're watching you know, Fart, the movie. They would like this movie, too, I think. That's that's how I feel. Okay, well, I'm glad you mentioned 38 minutes in, something snapped, because I actually looked, and at 21 minutes of watching this movie, I was already over it, because I already knew exactly <laughs> what the rest of the movie was going to be like, and I wasn't really that happy with the movie I had. So, yeah. basically, for those not in the know, it's like a parody movie. I guess it's a parody of B-movies, and I have to say, full disclosure, I haven't seen that many B-movies. So there may be stuff that I missed in terms of referential humor or homages or something. Maybe Lucas can fill in better. But you have these killer tomatoes. And the whole movie is basically just airplane gags. Uh, I always say air. I always mention airplane. Okay. But airplane, you know what? I can't believe people watched parody movies before airplane because the ones we've seen have been crap. And it's just like you know little skits or little gags just a series of them basically and then you have a thin semblance of a plot and then you know basically are the gags funny or not and in this like they're mostly i don't know they're puerile they're kind of basic a lot of them are just not that funny i didn't really laugh in the movie i had a couple of smiles here and there but it really didn't grab me Yeah, it's like it's a parody movie, like in the sense that it just makes fun of B movie um, plots. It's kind of like a catch twenty two because they have like all the stock characters and they play them very very stock. They're like boiled down to their pure essence, you know, military guy, science guy. Um, our protagonist he has a love interest and so on like they're making fun of that stuff but while they're also just being it entirely and then it's like i said you just kind of want something like this movie doesn't really have uh i mean it has characters but they don't have character i guess and like you watch Scream, which is a parody movie, and then it has discernible characters, and you know they have some have little arcs here and there, but this is just it's just it's just jokes. It's just shitposts, shitposts. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I agree. You know, characters is a big problem for me in this movie, honestly, as well, because. You know, in Airplane... Alright, let's 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 just get this out of the way. I'm going to be doing Airplane comparisons because I really like Airplane. And it's a really good movie. Yep. And it does... Everything this movie does better. Okay? But, you know, yep. in Airplane you have, like... Uh, it's Ted and Elaine? I could be wrong about that. Maybe it's John. I don't know. Maybe I don't like Airplane that much. But... <laughs> though, look, they're not, like, three-dimensional characters or anything. But you kind of like them. And, I don't know. They're kind of endearing. Here, like, Mason Dixon, he's so flat. I don't know if it's the performance. And in this movie, there really aren't any really great comedic ones. But he's just such a lame protagonist. Like, <laughs> he's just so, he's so milquetoast. He's just boring. Yeah. And why would you want, like, a, a boring protagonist in your comedy movie? And spoiler alert, doesn't 
made for a recipe for success. So, like, you know, Ted in Airplane, he's... He he's got that charisma, you know. He's he's got that drinking problem. That's a funny recurring gag. This movie doesn't have very many. I think he's supposed to be like straight faced. Mm-hmm. But again, they just boil it down to where he's so straight faced. Straight faced, he's bland. And then you get like a couple of, uh, you get like his team. There's like an uh, there's an Olympic swimmer. There's a scuba (laughs) diver, and then there's this parachute soldier guy, okay? Mm -hmm. The swimming and scuba joke, I didn't... It was just whatever. It's just like, haha, (laughs) they have the most inappropriate team for this threat. Haha. Yeah. Haha. And then there's also the one guy who dressed... He's a disguise expert. He was like... You know, some of his disguises, haha, he dressed up like Hitler. You know, it's... even that gets a laugh out of me. I'm not heartless, you know. But his performance is not good. None of their performances are good for these a few. And you have this parachute soldier basically as Dixon's sidekick for most of the movie. And his one joke is that he's got this parachute and it gets tangled everywhere and he has to drag it everywhere, you know. <laughs> that, see, that's something that's funny for like the first 40 minutes. Or, or yeah. maybe less. But then after that, it's just diminishing returns. And the movie really has a problem where they they just do the same kind of gags. Just variety. I don't even know, like variety show style gags. And then they're not really that funny. Like the music, they have a few musical numbers. And the first time I'm like, oh, okay, that's funny. I wasn't expecting that. And then they have a couple other ones and it's like, okay, well... It's not funny anymore, and then the songs kind of suck. So, what it, are you just filling time here? Did you run out of ideas? I don't, who knows? You know, okay, the theme song is nice. There's also, like, this mm-hmm. stupid song, and it becomes a plot point later in the movie. Because, okay, I'll just say it, because who cares? The, <laughs> they find out that the killer tomatoes that are just killing everybody and attacking all the towns uh, they don't like this crappy song called Puberty Love okay I thought the songs were pretty like that's a, not a good song but it's funny I thought that was executed well and I, it was credited to somebody I think it might have been the director who did the words the song? the words and the music for this movie I think it said so in the credits no it was Matt Cameron of uh Pearl Jam and Soundgarden. Oh he he did he did all the songs or Puberty Love? He did Puberty Love when he was like sixteen. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh <laughs> that you know, that was a pretty good one. Maybe I'll listen to uh some more of Matt Cameron stuff. But um so the music is decent. At least that's one plus of the movie. Another bone uh bone that I'll throw this movie is that like, it really wears thin, this, the kind of style of humor. But, I mean, when it's something like this, you're always going to get a percentage hit, you know? Like, I mean, if you get as many gags as there are, yeah, it hits some of the mark. I liked, in particular, like, the ending and, like, the plot twist, um, if you want to talk about that. Feel free. Basically, the plot in this movie is not worth a damn. 
But then in the third <laughs> act of the movie, something sem- somewhat interesting happens. And then you find out that Richardson is a double agent and they re- and he's also like this masked assassin that's made a couple attempts on Dixon's life throughout the film. And it's <laughs> the scene is funny cuz it just cuz the cliche aha I'm the actually the bad guy. Um, and I actually like Richardson as an actor. He, he was the one standout, I would say, cast-wise. He does a decent job. And then <laughs> the parachute guy rushes in, and then he stabs him. That was a silly scene that worked for me. And in a movie where, like, the plot... And the thing with, with the plot in this movie is that it's so disjointed because they don't really... They aren't really able to seamlessly weave the narrative and all the gags together so sometimes you like kind of forget what's going on when they take an extended amount of time for a gag uh it's really uninteresting up until this point where it's like you know it's 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 almost predictable i wasn't thinking that the movie would do anything like that but um it kind of worked for me i would say that's like a highlight of the film as well the highlight for me was like the first third of the movie where all the jokes were banging and fresh and then when they when it started to stagnate and they just kept doing the kind of the same jokes but with the different coat of paint i was like okay well i'm i'm bored now i made a note and it was the most distilled scene in the whole movie for like the tone of the movie and um they're in a carpool, some of the agents. They are in the desert, and they drop off the scuba diver. He walks out into the sand, and it's funny because there's no water. And then um, the black guy, dressed as Abraham Lincoln, says, You're free. <laughs> kind of like how Abraham Lincoln freed the slaves. And then... It cuts, and he's now dressed up as Hitler, big bad guy. And then uh, the guy, the parachuter drives up, or fa- or falls on the car. He falls on the car, and then he's like, it's Hitler, it's really Hitler. And uh, the parachute guy has a Confederate flag sewn onto his jacket. That's a movie. It's just zinger, zinger, zinger. One after another, you hardly have time to, you know, stop and smell the tomatoes. And you know what? The jokes in this are so basic in the sense that there's some physical humor, just like some really cheap shots here. You know, Airplane, uh, once again, I mentioned a superior (laughs) movie to this one. Um, It has like elaborate setups, you know. And then the punchline, it's just the timing of it. I don't know if it's the camera work. I don't know if if it's just the tastefulness of it and then the punchline hits and it it's just it feels right and boom haha that's funny laugh this one it just it's so it feels off i don't know the movie it's just a broken movie and just the way it tells the story just it it, it's like a broken record with its lame gags i don't know (laughs) i'm disappointed yeah, I mean, um, and the effects, too. I don't know if they're trying to be so bad as parody or if they're just, you know, bad. But I, you could have done 
parody. Uh, you could have done like you could have done the tomatoes, but given a damn and put money into the effects, and it could have been actually horrifying, or it could have worked out in a charming way. But it's just it's just kind of dumb. Like after the first few tomatoes get thrown around or whatever, it just loses all of its charm at a certain point. Yeah, you know what? Okay, I'll say this about the film. It's got like a $100,000 budget, which is not a lot. Okay. Now, I guess they were faced with the dilemma. They either had to say, we're going to try to make, with the little money we can allot for effects, this as good as we can, which is not going to be good still, probably. I mean, I guess they didn't have an effects visionary on the team or anything. Or they're just going to do the easy gag, which is they're just regular tomatoes just st- sitting there with nothing on them and people are scared <laughs> of them and then they roll them sometimes there are like a few big effect tomatoes that they use but they they kind of look like crap so they're just so clearly paper mache yeah it's it it, rem- it kind of reminds me of like the effects in dark star with that terrible alien <laughs> i oh man i get i was oh when I was watching Dark Star and that alien came on screen, like it just ruined the whole experience for me. Like, it soured it. it. Why did they try at all? Like they just spray painted a workout ball. Like that's such a stain on Carpenter's filmography. <laughs> it makes sense that most people forget it. I'd like to. I would too. But, uh, like, I thought they'd have at least one scene where they, you know, gave 20 bucks instead of 10 and had, like, a full-on gore scene, self-gratuitous and just being, you know, totally parody. But, no, they didn't, they never did that. It was just kind of lame. And, you know, it's like a parody of B-movies, but it doesn't, like, you know, if you're going to do a parody of a movie like this, Part of the thing is that you have to make it kind of feel like that movie because yeah. then the humor comes from when you're like disrupted from that rhythm that the type of movie has. But this doesn't like really feel like a B movie. Like this is like to me like stylistically it's nothing like The Blob which we just watched. Yeah. Like the 58 Blob it, it 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 that movie like is way better produced than this honestly and like in yeah. that way it's way better to watch just on an aesthetic level this one is like uh, there isn't really any invented inventiveness in the way it's shot or color or anything like that so it it doesn't even work as like a good spoof because like you know even space balls okay that movie's it is what it is but you're like okay that's star wars they're doing this from star wars Mm-hmm. All right, and it like kind of has the same like idea as Star Wars. You know what I mean? This one yeah. is just it just feels like a crappy movie with tomatoes. <laughs> there was a joke in this movie that I didn't even know was a joke until I read the Wikipedia page for the movie, mm-hmm. and this is gonna be my PSA: to not make presidential jokes in your movies ever because in about 15 years 10 15 years after that movie comes out and a new generation of people watch a movie they're gonna have no idea what you're making fun of because they won't care about 
past presidents. There's a there's this character in the movie who uh, who makes advertisements. He makes advertisements for shady products. They come to him and say, "Hey, can you work out a way an advertisement to help stop this the tomato crisis?" He's like, "Sure," and he puts one together, and it's an ad for a bumper sticker uh, for STP. Uh, stop or was it STP? Yeah, stop to the tomato problem, something like that. Stop tomato program. Yeah, stop tomato program, and um, I was like, what is that? Apparently, um, it was a joke about the whip inflation now, which was a little grassroots movement to combat inflation in the U.S. by Gerald Ford. And uh, that's all it was, just like a uh, whip inflation now, win. Uh, that was a bumper sticker, and it was, <laughs> that was a joke at it, at its expense. Who would know that? Only people 1980. No one else would know that. And when you do, like, Trump jokes, whatever, it's never gonna, it's never gonna age well. It's gonna age like milk. I mean, you know... That's my PSA. If you're going to do, like, a Nixon joke or, like, a Reagan joke, you know, those are big deals that people remember after their term are done. Yeah. But, I mean, Gerald Ford, like, come on. <laughs> it's... Who cares? Who? Who? The guy who made the Ford truck? Yeah, no. The president. <laughs> See? It's not worth knowing because he didn't do anything noteworthy except whip inflation now. <laughs> nice yeah there's also um there's a the president in this movie has this thing where he just signs papers haha bureaucracy and he's got a million mm-hmm. pens uh, i don't know if that was a specific gag at one of the presidents or not either maybe george washington maybe i guess <laughs> but yeah i don't know <laughs> the, the political humor does didn't age well yeah i agree And the thing is... I thought they were... Oh, go ahead. The thing... And the thing that is bad specifically about that is that, like, that's one of those gags. It's a movie like this almost has, like, centerpiece gags. Like, haha, Like, you know, like, sort of like, this is a good joke. Pay attention. That was, like, a big reveal moment. And now that just doesn't even... We can't even evaluate if it's funny or not because we don't understand. Terrible. Terrible. (sighs) Okay. Here's a joke I really liked. Okay. I'll give it some credit here. Um, uh, oh, yeah. So whenever there's characters in the background doing something, if you listen closely, they're doing like, I don't know what the professional term is for it, but just... Typically, characters would say, like, mm-hmm, I don't know, just, like, doing casual shit. Mm-hmm. And this, are doing, like, super fake casual. The guy's in this shower, and he's like, scrub, 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 wash, wash, wash. Um, and characters will just say, um, let's say crazy shit while they're just doing inane things. Like, uh, at the beginning of the movie, when the cops are investigating the dead woman, the movie Cold Opens on... Uh, characters in the background are like Houston. We have a problem here. Uh, just saying, just saying. You know, 
cheesy cheesy background dialogue and they're just saying it loud enough that you can hear and that that was funny that was funny to me that's like the technical like a joke about the technical aspects of, of movies yeah i agree like those i think on the police radio they say like can i get a cheese pizza or something and they just do stuff like that <laughs> yeah that works pretty well but you know what like that's the kind of that should be the seasoning you know what I'm saying? And that's... Yeah. And, you know, you got to have a good main dish. And here it's just a little undercooked. Yeah. I. Where do you think all the money went? The hundred grand? Um, I don't know. I don't know any of these actors. Not a single one. Mm-hmm. Um, so I hope they didn't pay too much. Especially because of the performance they turn in, which is not very good. Uh, there's no effects. Um, I mean, they have like, I mean, I, I, I wonder how much prop guns cost. Uh, <laughs> they, they blow up a helicopter in this movie. and app- Yep, at the beginning. And apparently, according to the production notes on the Wikipedia page, it's a real helicopter crash. Okay? Here's your f- trivia for the episode. In a scene showing law enforcement officers firing their weapon toward up tomatoes in a field... A $60,000 Hiller aircraft helicopter that had been rented for the production was supposed to have landed in the tomato patch, but during the landing, its tail rotor struck the ground, causing the craft to spin out of control (laughs) near the ground, roll over, and burst into flames. And nobody was hurt. They just happened. Twilight Zone reference. (laughs) Yo, you have to cut that. Cut that, please. That's staying in. Um, thankfully, nobody was hurt in this one. So this was just a happy accident that makes for good entertainment. And $60,000. So that was a budget. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wouldn't it be? They'd have to pay for that if they crashed it. Yeah, like... Well, you know what? I mean... They use the money, eh? I can't cut them the break for that, you know? I mean, you gotta hire a good pilot if you're gonna rent a helicopter, so... Oh, well. There's a lot of extras in the movie, um, so I don't know. Maybe they paid them, or they did, as we say, the George Romero payment. Gave them a couple of high fives and a pat on the back. Um, they, they have a portion in the credits where... They had a a specific crowd of people and is credited to, like, all the crazy sons of guns and whatever little small U.S. town. So, they're credited at... Maybe they got paid. Don't know. That could have been the other portion of the budget. You know, I wonder when it became illegal to just not pay extras. (laughs) Like, Romero... There was an extra strike? Well, I'm... No, I'm sure, like, with, with WAG and SAG... You know, there's got to be something protecting extras. And I, I know for a fact, because I've never been an extra, but my sister said that she's been an extra a couple times, and I've seen her in some Netflix movies, or at least the back of her head. And she got paid for those. I don't know. They wouldn't pay you when people would just be in the movie for free, right? Which ones? Uh, oh, uh, she was in the new grunge. 
Uh, she was really. She was in the background. Yeah, that movie was really bad. <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, I was hoping it was gonna be good. No, it's terrible. But uh, you see, uh, she's is it? <laughs> she's an extra policewoman in it, uh, and you see the back of her head while she's on the computer. Man. Yeah. They could have made a, a good ass horror movie. Oh, oh well. Yeah, they could have, but uh, they didn't, and it was filmed here, <laughs> Sorry. so that's embarrassing. The the grunge on what? Uh, she was in another Netflix movie. I don't remember the name. She showed me a clip. She just walks past the two main characters as they're talking, like, in the background. Oh, shit. And, uh, yeah. That's it. Well, we have a buddy who, uh, was, um, was an extra, and he got paid, like, they kept having delays, and then he got paid for all the delays and, and for his little screen time, too. Yeah, and well, you know what? His was like a, a beefy extra role. Yeah. Like his was like where like he's in the movie. Like he's a figure in the movie and he has his own like 10 second scene. Yep. And uh, then I won't say the movie, but it's just a Milad Jovovich picture and it's not Resident Evil. <laughs> But, uh, you know, this movie, it's going to be low bags for me, guys. I'm going to be honest. Yeah, same. Look, I'm not perfect. We all know of my aptitude as host of this show. Unparalleled, basically, right? Did I make mistakes? I picked the movie because I thought it would... Face off. No. That, that was not a mistake. That was an excellent film. Hmm. Continue. I want you to go and buy the Blu-ray of Face Off next time you're in the mall. I want you to sit down with that movie and a bucket of popcorn. I want you to think when you watch that movie. And then watch it I can't again. even enjoy the popcorn while watching it. Excuse me? I can't even enjoy the popcorn while I'm watching that crap. Oh my god. What are you talking about? It it's it it's oh jeez. It it has nothing it has no style, it has no grace. Um John Travolta has a funny face. That's what I'll say. Look, watch the movie buy the Blu-ray. Watch the movie. Think. No, no way. No way, Jose. He'll come around, guys. It's just a matter of time. It's a war of attrition, and I'm on the war path. Dude. Bad movie. Bad, bad movie. But that wasn't a mistake. Like, you know, I made... I well, mean, I picked mistakes, you know. I mean... What's the worst thing we've done? The worst? What's the worst thing we've done? Uh, probably still unparalleled is Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2. Okay, I don't think I picked that one. So that I'm going to chalk it up as a win <laughs> for me. But this one is no good, guys. I mean, it's not horrible. It's watchable, barely, but still, so. And it has a couple redeeming values. Plus, I'm going to give points for the poster because it's kind of a fresh poster. And it's got 
a great tagline, which is just "arg!" Exclamation point. Are you gonna give it bonus points for the sequel tease? Um, <laughs> no, I won't, because by that time I was sick of vegetables, uh, carrots <laughs> included, and talking about them and looking at them and thinking about them. And their homicidal tendency. So, no, I won't give a point for that. By the way, this movie spawned like a media franchise. It became a cult mm-hmm. film. Why? Uh, beats me, guys. I don't know. I don't know why it became a cult film. It got. There's that one funny scene. Yeah, uh, right. Classic. Cult film, guys. Put it in the canon. <laughs> yeah, this is. <laughs> Fuck me. Uh, it got three sequels, which is unbelievable. Um, <laughs> not going to watch any of them. There's there was a cartoon show. There was a novel. There was video games. There was an NES game and a Game Boy game. There was a co- there. Oh, I gotta get the. There was a comic. There was a Greek film made in homage called "The Attack of the Giant Moussaka." Um, and there's a remake that was announced, but uh, it looks like. Oh, it looks like... COVID delays? Probably. Uh, Apparently, filming began in 2019. And this was directed by the guy who did... um, hmm. Uh, Silent Night Dead... No, Silent Night Bloody Night 2 (laughs) Revival. Ooh, that's promising. Um, And then, like, a ton of, like, crappy movies that don't have Wikipedia pages. Um, so it's not looking good, but he said that he does low-budget horror exclusively, and he likes the work of Roger Corman. So could be crap, mm. but cool. Yeah. So we'll see. There's um, supposed to be this concept, but good, called The Stuff. And we should maybe watch that closer to Halloween. I think that'd be a good pick. What's that one about? I don't know. Uh, the stuff. Does it eat you or do you eat it? Interesting. All right, add it to the uh, the horror month list. That'll be a good one to look forward to. Um, but yeah, I'm uh, five bags for this movie. <laughs> Five, <laughs> five bags. I'm only gonna give it four bags, because what? Well, out of ten? No, of no, of course, out of five. You give me a four? Yeah, I give. <laughs> give me four bags. Wow. No, I'm giving. Well, is it a? Can, I'm giving it two bags. Two. And two bags of popcorn. Who's becoming the new four for you? Well, we're now reviewing a lot of great movies, apparently. <laughs> you know, two and four, they're just, they're so comfy. It, one, the thing is, one for me is like, this is a movie I actively just kind of like despise. Because <laughs> uh, I don't give zero bags, because there has to be bags. So, this one, it, it, it passes. It passes. What are some one-bagger movies, in your opinion? Um, one-bagger movies. Um, recent example, Suicide Squad. That's a one-bag movie. <laughs> Absolutely horrible. 
Um, you know, I saw this movie one time, like, six years ago called The Last Mimsy. Uh, oh. oh, no. The movie was... <laughs> it's, it was so synthetic. <laughs> I, I can't begin to... It's no good. Um, another one-bag movie would be... Huh. Is the last Mimsy the one with the girl from Bridge to Terabithia? I don't remember. I try not to. <laughs> Where she has a bunny? Yeah. Uh, stuffed bunny? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a good movie. I've seen that one way too many times as a kid. <laughs> I I hated that movie. Uh, that's terrible. Something like, I don't know, like something like another one close to that time period would be uh, Last Airbender. That one is <laughs> yeah. like... Yeah, like, honestly, the hate on that is very justified. Like, that's a really bad movie in basically every aspect. <laughs> and it just happens to bastardize good material. Oh, man. A one baker for me is, like, paranormal activity. I still haven't watched that. I I guarantee if I watch that, I'm going to like it more than you did. Because, I mean... You will. Because this one, that's a low budget. That's an indie hit. Okay. That was not like just, you know, big studio put it out and people just happened to go see it because that was what's showing on a Saturday night. That was like a small budget movie and people were like, wow, this is awesome and scary. And it uh, inspired a big, uh, like, I guess we're kind of out of that trend of the found footage or the camera style horror, but um, that definitely was a big part of it. It was, I can't deny that, but the movie is so, it's so boring. You'll watch it and it's just, a, it's like a worm, an earthworm. It's just segmented and it's the same repeating segment. And it, I, I, and then jump scare. Ah, what Paranormal Activity should have been, well, in my opinion. Blair Witch should have been like it, Blair Witch. Oh, fuck. Oh, that's a one beggar. Um, no, it isn't. It's low. I'll, I'll, oh, 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 God, that movie sucks. Um, Phenomenal activity. It should have just been that same found footage style, but the ghost isn't the horror. Uh, the ghost comes and just torments these two people, and then it drives them mad, and it becomes like misery porn or some shit. Like it just gets super dark. That's what Blair Witch uh, was. Like, kind of. Um, but then, no, the the thing still, like, had a presence. Because they would leave, like, these stupid little sticks and stones. Mm -hmm. And then the end of the movie, some guy looked at a wall and was supposed to be afraid. And it's just, ah, uh, like, it kind of was, but just not very gooder. Need to be more betterer. That one, you know what? Because that okay, that's one one thing I'll say about Blair Witch is that like they basically had no effects at all. Yeah. That's semi impressive. Okay. I, even you have yeah. to admit. I'm sure the budget on the let me see Yeah. Let's see the budget on this. For Blair Witch it was two hundred thousand. okay, it says between two hundred and five hundred thousand. I don't know what That's a lot. I don't know why they didn't just give a frank account of their Maybe this is a money laundering scheme or something. That's always suspicious to me. 
And they don't. Dis- Maybe they had to rent out the whole f- forest or a large portion, like because they would have to then block it off and whatnot. I'm assuming that took up a lot of it. I doubt it because the whole movie just like three dudes, and a du- or two dudes and a dudette, in the woods with a handheld camera. All they would have to do is go to the ho- the woods and like not tell anybody that it was being filmed there. Or just go kind of deep. And they could probably get away with it without doing that. Maybe they pay for it, though. I don't know. They probably... They would have to. Because then someone would see them shooting the movie. Then they'd post about it. People come and get in the way. Ruin production. Slow it down. They'd have to. They'd have to. I guess. I don't know how they do it in, like, the city or anything. I guess they get the permit and nobody's allowed in the perimeter kind of thing. Yeah, pretty much. They, like, block off the roads and whatnot. I see. But the thing with Blair Witch is that, okay, maybe it's not a great movie, I'll agree. But I thought that was an impressive depiction of ghostly presence without really having any effect besides, like, the ending when, like, there's a kind of effect almost, which is the ending jump scare. But, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm going to have to go silence my bird. He wants to go to bed. I will be right back. And while Lucas is back, I'm going to give you guys facts about Blair Witch. Box office grossed $248.6 million. That's uh, nearly 100 times the budget of the film. Now... Uh, there isn't really anything that much interesting about it. You know, I thought uh, the sticks were pretty scary, honestly. I mean, don't even lie. That pattern is it's just creepy. Don't tell Lucas, but uh, I think Blair Witch is pretty good, damn good. And I'm going to try to make it a cop pick. Uh, also... Okay, I'm back. Okay, God. I had to stop for time. When... When... What? I had to stop for time. <laughs> when, uh... When he chirps, it means bedtime. Cover him up. Um, but yeah, Paranormal Activity, one bagger movie for me. And still Silent Night, Deadly Night, part two, because it was a third of a movie. Yeah, that one, uh... See, I can't even call... I can't even sincerely call it a... F- a motion a full motion picture a feature length picture <laughs> it's it's a clip show that should have been like that's that has to be against the rules i like to think <laughs> that in today's cinema playing field that that is not allowed legally yeah like uh you know in a in a few years they just release end game uh, again get that revenue up well i guess they do some movies get like you know apocalypse now the final cut that's legal that's different though is it well what's it's like if they made a movie called apocalypse now too and <laughs> it was <laughs> and it was kurt um in a hospital bed and he's going, oh, the horror in between flashbacks to the first movie. <laughs> that would not really be that acceptable. I, that would be borderline experimental. 
Well, you know, maybe, I bet Coppola would have tried it if it, the movie wasn't as big of a mess as it was to make. <laughs> oh, man. What are you doing next week, or what are we doing next week for our last movie, Matthew? All right, Lucas has saddled me with the last pick here. And this one, I actually, I, found, I think I found a good one. And I think we'll like it. And I think it could be a cop classic, but, I mean, that's kind of the gamble you take when you watch any kind of cult film. But this one fits the theme, and it's been one I've been meaning to watch. A Starship Troopers. Directed, <laughs> based. Directed by Paul Verhoeven, I think is how it's pronounced. Verhoeven. And, uh, you know, he's the director of Total Recall, Robocop. I mean, he knows what he's doing, based on the book by Robert Heinlein. Could be a good one, guys. Yeah. Okay. I have a VHS copy of this movie, and I will be watching it as God intended. <laughs> will this be your first time? No. Damn it. Okay. I'm sorry, but I know it will be good. Nice. Very nice. <laughs> but it's like... Well, you'll see. You'll see. Well, I think that's a pretty good pick. Or I think yeah. that will make up, at least, for Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. I really had to hustle after I watched this movie. I had to go, okay, so this is really going to knock their socks off. Because I don't think we can afford another episode rating-wise where we review just total garbage. Fair enough. Good pick. Thank you. Do you have a uh, a comic you want to talk about? No, not this week. You know, I've just been reading a lot of war comics again. Uh, just some... I'll highlight some war... You know what? I, I know I did war <laughs> comics for my first episode, but I'll, I'll throw out some war comics. If you guys like... Um, well, if you want something sent in Vietnam, there's a couple of good ones. There's the Nam from Marvel that was serialized in the 80s. There's many issues of it. Um, but that one's a really good comic booky take on the Vietnam War. There's also a Vertigo series, mini-series. It's like six issues called The Other Side. follows a Viet Cong soldier and an American soldier concurrently in a kind of dual narrative-style storyline. That one's pretty good. It's got good covers. I'm a sucker for good covers. Uh, another good contemporary series, Ennis, Garth Ennis, who uh, wrote Preacher, which some people might know from the TV show or the comic, which is relatively famous. He wrote these one-offs for Vertigo called War Stories set in many different wars, so that's a good couple if you want to just have some bite-sized 40-page pieces of warfare. You're digging the war comics. Yeah, I like war comics. Um, I don't know. I like war fiction a lot. I like war films. Um, I, don't th- I, ho- I hope people don't try to uh, infer anything about that based on you know my character but uh what draws you to them you know what's you know what i like about war fiction is that it's just i don't know in a way they're the most human films because it's humans doing what they're most natural at i guess fighting yeah and that's fair and uh i don't know i mean in like basically every category of or every medium, there's, there's some very highly acclaimed ones. I mean, Apocalypse Now, I think, is a masterpiece, honestly. 
Same. And I mean, there's great war television. Saving Private Ryan's another great war movie. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it's uh, maybe I just delight in human suffering. <laughs> but uh, they uh, they do be hidden. <laughs> okay, that's for me. Are you um, are you over? What do you call them? Like cape comics? No, no. Uh, I still read, uh, I mean, I don't read as many superhero comics. I haven't really, like, I, I don't keep up with universes, like the modern universes anymore. I can't. I haven't done that for, like, a couple of years, really. I just pop in for good series or things I hear good things about. I just, there is, there's not a lot there, guys. They're, the corporate comics, uh, they just reek of uh, cigar smoke and cliches, you know. It's just, they're not, they're not it. Okay, and I mean, the same kind of goes for like superhero movies. Really, it's just too big to fail. You know what I mean? So they're not going to take any risks on it. I mean, they can't yeah. have Superman do anything, you know, morally ambiguous or, or depict anything too shocking because, he's an all-American hero, of course. But it's I don't know. They, I would honestly recommend you stay away from them. I mean, if you enjoy them, is. No skin off my back, but I don't think there's enough variety or enough genuinely good storytelling for me to justify the cost of it or even pirating it, really. Because you know what? Is it- I don't like reading something and then having to read a bunch of other things to find out what's going on, too. Yeah, that's a that's a hassle. Yeah, it's a piss Do you off. have um, a favorite era of comics? Uh, like for comics in general? Yeah. Yeah, I would probably say like. I would say like the the Vertigo heyday, that was like a great time, and I just say that would be like. Uh, I would say like that's like from nineteen ninety maybe to like two thousand like late two thousand. That was a okay. great era because Vertigo was DC's imprint that they recently cl- shuttered. For just creator to, uh, creator owned comics, actually, well, initially, okay, they weren't creator creator owned. What it was is that they were just comics that were just you know adult comics basically, and they just they did you could do anything. You could do worse comics. You could do drama. You could do romance. You could do sci fi, and they the thing was they they got you get a decent page rate so that it, you can actually make a living just making your own comic, and that's where you got all the great ones like you know Preacher, Why the Last Man. Those are the big ones, but there was so much stuff going on just every week. It was one of those things where I opened up a Vertigo comic now from back issues I just buy at stores, and I would look at the last page where it has what's coming out this week from Vertigo, and there was like literally five or six classic comic books coming out each week. And nice. that was like, I read that now and I shed a tear because we don't have that going on right now, I'll tell you that. And I mean that in, not that there's not good comics going on all the time, but just in mainstream comics, just on a regular basis and available in just the 25, you know, page-ish format, there was nothing like it. That's fair. That's fair. Are they still in uh, production or in business? No. Well, what happened was DC had a great editor for Vertigo, and she was really kind of the mastermind behind it. Her name was Karen Berger. Uh, they fired her, I think, because they're idiots. Mm. 
uh, or at least there was some creative differences that caused the that caused the schism, and she left. And then they had this period where they were trying to reinvent themselves, but I guess she was really just the guiding force there because it kind of fell apart. The other thing that really alienated people from going there versus going to Image, which is now the place for creator-owned, was that Warner Brothers was like, wow, um, you know, we're not getting a big enough cut from these big properties because, of course, these stories were getting adapted because they were good stories. So you're making movies and TV shows of them. And Warner Brothers said, ooh, I actually want a bigger piece of that pie. So the page rate <laughs> was way less, and it was not worth it at all for creators to go there. So nobody did, because why would you go to a company and have them take all your work and all the rights for it and all the money that will be generated from any adaptation? <laughs> like, there's no incentive. It's just... There it is, guys. The big bad... I love the capitalist machine. Yep. <laughs> The big bad corporate it. goons, they, they strike again, you know? I mean, we, we keep uh, ragging on about it it's because they're uh, the enemy of art. And that's all there is to it. Very true. You got to get that minimalist Discord logo design now. I love Discord. Mm, I love, Discord. I love it. I, you know, we, do not, we use Discord to record. We do not endorse it. We do not oh, no. uh, recommend it, um, and we actually hate it, and we're using it. On I a hate spike. Discord. Yeah, it has the most like mind-boggling UI ever. I like I I get on it, and every time I'm just confused. I d- d- is there a tutorial that I need to watch? Because I seriously don't get it, and it looks terrible. And then every chat I've ever been in has just been the worst group chat ever evolved keep memes into hashtag memes please what the hell god there's just like 13 year old girls with anime profile pictures getting hit on no thanks no thanks you can beam your lulls and rev up the the neon cats as much as you want but i'm i'm good well, actually i saw they got rid of all that uh gamer talk when you load up the the app, that's nice. It's trying to be professional, but yeah, no, no. Fuck Discord. Discord is a is a serious app for up and coming business owners and those who want to communicate face to face from a distance. <laughs> it's the new and improved Discord, guys, and the connection won't be any better. <sighs> How's uh, the base going? <laughs> It's always the base question. Let me ask you a question. All right, go for it. Uh, what you been playing lately? And you know what? Tell me what you've been playing lately and the last mm-hmm. good movie you saw that you didn't review for the show. Okay. Um, I am playing... Well, okay. I was hanging with Caitlin. We were trying to figure out something to do. I was like... I just said randomly, oh, did you know they came out with the new Pokemon Snap and explained it? And then I was like, I have Pokemon Snap for the N64. Took it out. We played it. She was like, hey, this is kind of fun. I was like, all right. So we wiped the um, the save that was on it and just started a fresh one. And we beat it in like in two hangouts. It's not that... It's not a very deep game. I think there was 63 pokemon to take pictures of in total and not that many like 
Easter eggs, um, and all of the models are just reused from Pokemon Stadium, I'm pretty sure. Uh, it's just, you know, it's like <laughs> a paycheck Pokemon game. Hey. It's like that and Hey You Pikachu. <laughs> what? Yeah. Those ones were when they were like, wow, Pokemon is a gold mine. All right. Sequel time, spinoff time. Well, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, po- Pokemon Snap. You know, I played that a little bit uh, with my cousin on N64. One of the few games I played on N64. Like a few times. I also played Star Fox a little bit. Um, that's really it. But Pokemon Snap, you're just taking pictures. I, it's not for me. It's not enough. Ga- yeah. It's not enough game in my game. <laughs> you know what? There's so much great media that exists. Okay, for a game to really be worthwhile, worth my while, it has to be good like all the time. Yeah. I don't have time for games that, you know, they're just like, oh, kill time games, you know. You know, <laughs> fuck Animal Crossing for that reason, too. Like, jeez. Too- Not RuneScape, though. Life is too short for that. RuneScape, too. Get that crap out of my face. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want to see that, you know, uh, Warcraft. Minecraft? Minecraft. You know, Minecraft, even to a degree, yeah. It's too much. Shit. Like... You know, Minecraft is cool, but, like, I'm not the kind of guy, you know, what? maybe it's just me and my lack of creative drive, but I'm not going to, like, build, like, a big castle, or at least that's not that fun to me. I don't know. Yeah, that's very, like, there are aspects of every game where it's just, like, okay, this isn't fun fun for me, like, Pokemon uh, shiny hunting. I mean, you can have fun with that, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to cheat and make the the little line of code that determines if a Pokemon is shiny or not shiny. And I'm just going to enjoy that. Not mm-hmm. shiny hunting. Um, so we finished Pokemon Snap. Like 63 Pokemon. Last one is just like you go to this place and you can take pictures of Mew. And it's a little difficult to get a decent picture. That's it. I mean, the skill ceiling in that game is so low. Um, and then I was like, why don't we try to beat some of my games because i have quite a few games and they're all kind of like half finished and um i think that's a problem that a lot of people have just buy a game play it oop new game let's get it and then you start playing that and cycle goes on and on and on and then you buy the ps6 (laughs) and um so yeah we uh we're like let's let's crush some games we did cooking mama shout out to that game um, I, I was almost done it, just had to unlock a few more uh, recipes, did them, um, and then now uh, we're doing Wii Sports Resort. There's this one challenge that is, oh my god, I'm going to be so happy once I beat it. It's a last stamp in um, the Sword Duel Battle Royale mode, um, and you have to, there's ten levels, uh, and the this little mode where you just run through a little path, hit guys along your way, they can hit you, you got to block, yada, 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 mm-hmm. and then you beat a boss at the end. As you unlock a new level, they just get more difficult. After you beat the 10th level, you unlock, like, the reversal mode, 
Um, and it's the 10 levels again, but they're really hard. And you have to beat the last level on the reversal mode without getting hit once. And it's so annoying because sometimes, like, when you're turning after beating the first guy, the other guy just hits you. And it's like, oh, got to restart. It's so time-consuming. I'm Oh, I'm going to pop off when I beat that. But that's what I'm playing. And now I'm already like, oh, I need a new game. And I really want Lego Batman, the video game. Um, Classic. And a good, I love that game. I had it on the DS. I'm so torn if I want to get it for the DS and suffer the DS's graphics or get it for the Wii and lose out on some of the DS exclusive characters. Wow. What kind of exclusive characters did they have? They were like characters that, like, as a kid when I played the game, I was like, whoa, I didn't even know this was a character. Uh... I played Lego Batman on the PS3. <laughs> that game be hit. I played a little. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Nice. How was that? It's pretty good. That was just the first <laughs> Lego Batman. Like, Lego Batman, the video game. Yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty damn good. I played a lot of the Lego games, and they were all pretty enjoyable. But I played the cool ones, okay? I didn't play, like, you know, Lego Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> I play cool things. I fucking hate Harry Potter. I, I, did, I play cool games for big boys, okay? I play Star Wars, Indiana Jones. Batman. Oh, deadly. Cool games for oh, cool man. guys. Okay. I didn't play... I need to get Indiana Jones too. Hey, that that game be hitting, okay? When you pick up the blow darts, pew pew. When you just, yep. when you just come up to a dude, whatcha, whip crap him. His whole thing explodes. Everything. Coins, coins, coins. You know, that game... That game arguably tells the story just as good as the movies. And I love those movies. Raiders Base. is... Whew, that's that's one of my favorite movies. I'm sure it's, like, very, like, uh, influenced by old, like, golden era comics. Yeah, pulp comics and stuff like that. Yeah. Pulp adventures and stuff like that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they got the Nazis as villains... It's just classic <laughs> setup, you know. So tasteful. It's so tasteful. <sighs> you know. Um, going back to it, some of the exclusives were Victor Szasz. I don't even know uh, how to say that. Uh, Black Mask, the Ventriloquist, Doctor Hugo Strange, Talia Al Ghul, and Firefly. Yeah, those are not bad. Yeah. You get some goaded. Hugo Strange is a goaded character. But one thing that's, like, with those games is that, like, you'd be, like, Hugo Strange, but then it's just, like, he just, he still just punches and builds things anyway, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. But he's cool, though. Is that the guy, or who's that guy? Hugo Strange, like, he's this guy, um, he works at Arkham. He's just this insane scientist. Basically, his thing is, like, I like to, f his thing is, like, I'm like he figures out Batman's identity. That's one notable thing. He's like that intelligent, and he's okay. Usually his thing is just I'm gonna fuck with Batman either psychologically or like when he's in Arkham, I'm gonna pull some tricks out on him. His his thing is just he's just like a really crazy guy with a big smile. Uh, he's pretty cool though. He's a good villain. 
they're probably going to put him in a movie at some point, but I don't think he's going to be in the new one. With the the Riddler? Yeah, with the Riddler. I hope this new Batman movie is good, God. I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful. I just want a good DC project for the first time in a while. They're, you know, they're just... Uh, I can't believe that... I just... It makes me sad, Luke. It makes me sad when people, like, worship Zack Snyder. Why? What, it's it's what so weird. I see it on Facebook all the time. By the way, um, guess what? His new movie came out, Army of the Dead. Uh, which we t- Oh, did it? Yeah. Um, and guess what? It's crap. <laughs> Apparently it's crap. I'm not going to watch it because... Uh, the critics don't know what they're talking about. No, of course not. Why would we ever, yeah, listen, to, so... why would we ever listen to any critic of film ever? Yeah. So just don't listen to that... It's going to be good. We're going to have a little watch party, you and me. No, it's not going to be good. Be good. It's, it's already been bad. Okay. Well. It's over. That's like a 4chan psyop sort of deal. I just, it, the cast isn't very good. I actually don't, I don't know any of these actors except for Dave Batista, And actually, that's it. That's all I know. <laughs> I don't know. Who are these people? Omari Hardwick, Ella Purnell. It's directed by Zack Snyder. That's it. It it already lost me. It's done. It seems like Zack Snyder really loves the George Romero movies, but didn't really watch them that fully, that closely. You know what? Zack Snyder, he also said he loves the comics when, you know, he's talking about Batman versus Superman and and but he like he quoted them wrong, and he was like, "Oh yeah, Batman <laughs> kills people in Dark Knight Returns. He doesn't. He kills nobody." Um, oh no! So uh, maybe he j- he just ha- the maybe he just reads comics and watches movies while he's like you know cleaning, uh, like he's doing the laundry or something. He's not really paying attention to them because he doesn't know what he's doing. He's a bad director. His films are bad. The only movie that, like, I'm like, okay, maybe this is decent. Like, I kind of like 300. It's not that good, though. And that's, like, his best movie. Why do his... And his movies look so bad. I hate... So ugly. I hate when people say his movies look good. They don't. (laughs) They look bad, actually. And do you know why they look bad? Just because because you saturate colors or you put this filter or you... (laughs) Use like, oh, look at this framing. Ah, so tasteful. Whoa. That, he doesn't know how to make a film, though. And honestly, the, the pictures, you know, when people show me screenshots of Schneider films and they go, whoa, look at this, bro. All those dudes on Twitter who are like, guys, he's so genius. Release the Snyder Cut. The screenshots are not that good. Like, it's like, watch more movies. Just watch more movies. <laughs> like, oh, shit. Do you know when was the first, or do you know what was the first movie I saw where I noticed like bad lenses or saturation? What? Um. Oh gosh, The Hunger Games. 
doubt. I remember seeing that, and they made the movie so like blue at the beginning, and they change it all the time. I was like, this is so ugly. Oh my god. That is a really poorly directed movie. Like that for the first yeah. movie is a genuinely bad film. I haven't yeah. seen. Okay, I saw the second one. That one was better. Um, I didn't watch the other ones because it's not a terribly interesting franchise, and also my sister told me the plot of the books when she was obsessed with them when she was in high school uh so i already kind of knew what happened and jennifer lawrence does she's kind of a charisma black hole honestly (laughs) yeah yeah it's no good uh the last movie i watched uh that we didn't talk about on the show um well, I watched, um, I guess American Psycho would be the last one. Nice. That's such a good film. That or Spider-Man. You know what, American Psycho, that, it deserves all the praise. It's a good movie. And I haven't oh, read the book. So and I know that people compare the book more favorably to the movie. And I guess the movie doesn't have the same biting critique as what the general consensus seems to be, but... The performances are good. It's 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 a really funny black comedy. And mm-hmm. I honestly like I, Christian Bale should have gotten an, at least an Oscar nomination that year. That's a great performance. That's why Christian Bale's honestly one of my favorite modern day thespians. He really knows what he's doing. Like he uh, he kills it. He kills it every scene like and he has so much range in the movie and he nails it. I mean, I saw this post today. I didn't fact check it. It may be false, but uh, just said that he was inspired by a Tom Cruise interview uh, where he said Tom Cruise was, like, smiling, but there was nothing in his eyes, something like that. I have to fact check that, but it's so good. It's so fake. Um, and not just him, but all the all the little characters, too. Uh, like, Willem Dafoe's character, he, he kills it when he's on screen. Everyone does a great job. Yeah, man. You know what? Christian Bale, you know, he's a method actor. Okay? And, you know, method acting, sometimes it's it's fun to make fun of it when people like Jared Leto try it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure, honestly, peeing around a method actor is probably annoying as fuck. But here's a fun little fact. Uh, Christian Bale went to a lunch meeting with the writer of American Psycho, Brett Easton Ellis, and... He was acting like Bayman, and then Alice was like, "Can you cut that out?" <laughs> oh no, like, that would be so awkward. Can you stop? Oh, I'd leave. I'd leave. Uh, it's classic. <laughs> that's that's so funny to me. Oh lord, he was probably trying to like impress him and everything. Maybe can you cut that out. You know what? He might have been trying to impress him. Like, you know, here's your character brought to life. It might just be like he was like, I'm doing method acting for this role and I'm just going to do it for the whole time because I think he's been known to do that. And then they just are character the whole time, which mm. actually I'm sure is pretty insufferable. Uh, but <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if he just did it out of sheer dedication. He, he doesn't fuck around. I think it's the only movie that uh, has like, it was all a dream and it was... And it'd actually be a good movie. Because it's not, it's all a dream. 
it's yeah it, it it's just like it's just been, you're just questioning reality it's like it's all a dream question mark <laughs> it's uh it's great i don't know it's just it's like the horror that um the things that you saw could all just be in someone's head or they could actually be fully realized in the physical world exactly yeah and i mean i love his critiques on pop music it's just hilarious <laughs> need a full book of that i honestly i i kind of agree though you know sports that's really when they came into their own as a band too black sounding for me <laughs> Zero bags. <laughs> I'm gonna give him. Amer- want to wrap this show up? Yeah, I'm gonna give American Psycho uh, four out of five bags. Uh, nine bags. Nine. Good movie. Yeah, nice. Good movie. Uh, yeah. All right, let's wrap this up. Yeah, we can wrap it up. We can wrap it up. We get. We've kept you guys long <laughs> enough. All right, Lucas. I'm gonna start uploading the episodes on YouTube. What's the channel gonna be called? So watch. Um, we'll see what's available. Probably cop podcast. Nice. People are gonna think it's like a show in support of cops, but uh, it's not. Or it it is that. Thank thank you for your service. Uh, Godspeed and good night, and God bless this great United States of Canada. anything you heard today make sure to stay tuned for weekly episodes available for streaming on spotify apple Podcasts, and umfm.com and don't forget to follow our instagram page at cop podcast